At Can't Stop Endurance, we work with runners from beginner to advanced. From rookies to marathon champions, we provide personalized coaching to help endurance athletes reach their personal goals, whether it's a 5K or a 100-mile ultra. Can't Stop head coach Kevin Leathers has been there as a coach and an athlete for nearly 40 years. He also serves as the national coach for the St. Jude Heroes program. And now, here's Coach Kevin. Hey, Coach Holly. (laughs) Hey, Coach Kevin. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Here we go, another podcast. I know. Episode 13. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. I love it. Um, And I say I'm all right. I'm just a little tired right now. We had a big weekend. We did have a big weekend. The Mm -hmm. Big Buffalo 50 Ultra Mm -hmm. was this Saturday. It's one of the second year here in town. Mm -hmm. And they doubled the race in size, doubled the number of 50K relay teams, Mm -hmm. doubled the number of 50K solo runners, and doubled the number of 50-mile solo runners. It was a big deal this year. It was, and it was a long day. It was awesome. It was beautiful. It started at, what is it, is that 8 a.m.? I think 50 milers started at 6, at 50K six. at 8, and then the 50K relay started at 10. At 10. So there were always people on the course. Mm-hmm. It was a very social event. Yeah. Kind of had that feel of like a, a tailgate. A tailgate because everybody had their tent set mm-hmm. up in chairs and very social environment, yeah. almost like a... There were food trucks. Food trucks, mm-hmm. beer truck. Yeah. Uh, the aid stations were tremendous. Yeah. Uh, the spirit it was that running spirit yeah. it was kind of a mix of the the 5k social mm-hmm. party yes, run very much so but also an ultra marathon where you're out there all day and you're mm-hmm. visiting with your friends but you're also meeting people you've never seen yeah. and you're meeting those people that you've seen at all these races yeah. and you have time to go up and say hey i'm i know so you. and so yeah yeah that was really cool it's a really good event the event is very 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 well done yeah um and i'm glad that turnout increased this past year and what's also cool too is you know we uh can't stop endurance we had seven teams with five runners i really like that you can form these teams because not only do we have uh seven teams out there but then all the running groups had their own teams and so it was nice to see all the different groups coming together talking with each other competing against each other and just having a good a good time out there a really good spirited competitive atmosphere but everybody was out there for fun and we were cheering on those other teams and Mm -hmm. those individuals and um i like getting all of our can't stop runners together because there are some groups that train together and people who know each other but we had almost 50 runners out there total and a lot of those people just know names from Mm -hmm. the emails and the social media now they got to spend hours Mm -hmm. together and they get to meet each other there's a lot of people that i was introducing to each other yeah this is so and so this is so and so and just seeing those um, interactions and those conversations was great. Yeah. And it yeah. goes back to what we always talk about with runners and running groups. Mm-hmm. When you show up for the run in your shoes and your running shorts and your hat, we're all equal. Yeah. You know, demographics are thrown out the window. We're all just runners and yeah. everybody bonds over that. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we had one runner who did her first 50 miler. Yep. Saturday. Mm-hmm. She's, She's preparing training, for Leadville. Preparing for Leadville. So 100. this was a big benchmark. Yeah. She'd never run. 50 miles before mm-hmm. and like, she did it she did it well she did it yeah it was one of those days she's been having a little bit of it tight it band which is causing that classic knee pain yeah and you remember she came in after lap two or three and mm-hmm. was in distress because yeah. her knee was acting up because her it band was tight so yeah. uh, her fiance billy got the massage stick out and worked on her hip yeah and she sat there and fueled for she was maybe 10 minutes she sat there mm-hmm. and regrouped and mentally was it i could see her going to that place of yeah. oh no can i do this yeah. and where do we always go at that point yeah just get up yeah 
and let's let's just think about getting through this next yes. lap. One one aid station or one lap at a time, yep. and let's just see how you are. So we on that lap we kind of pushed her out of the aid station. Okay, here we go. Off mm-hmm. off you go. Yeah. And sure enough, she came back in after the lap and said. Hmm. I feel a little better. That lap was better than the one before. Yeah, And we talked about that in our episode about trail running, that when it comes to ultras, it's just a different mindset. Totally. That you go lap to lap, aid station to aid station. And at some of those aid stations, you can take 10 minutes to regroup, physically regroup, mentally regroup, kind of talk to your people, let them do their thing to you. And then you just keep going. Yeah. Um, it's a different way of, of, of thinking about things. Yes. And she learned a lot of lessons that day, especially. And we, and we told her that on lap, I don't know if it was lap six or seven, that mm-hmm. this is great practice for that 100 miler because that day or those two days are full of opportunities. A lot of ups like and downs. This. Yeah. You feel bad. I'm sorry. I yeah. get it. But get up and let's go to the next aid station. Yeah. And she did it with flying colors yeah. and she beat her target time by almost two hours. Yeah. So. A great that's also too, you know, I think about that with um, anybody who's doing, whether it's a 50K, 50 miler, or 100 miler, how important the crew is for the runner, yep. whether it's mental, physical, or somebody to literally like put their hand in the small of your back and just push them along and say, we're here, we're doing it, you got to go. Um, that That's great. I always like being a part of those races and then just hearing about people talking about their experiences or it's always a lot of fun yeah you you mentioned that before about your with your varsity cross-country runners Mm -hmm. and i know sometimes that's a literal soft little hand in the back and sometimes it's a (laughs) proverbial just a little bit of a push or a nudge Mm -hmm. and that's so important we all need that sometimes just here we go go. you're okay off you go (laughs) nothing's broken you're okay yeah and we had three people in the 50K. Mm-hmm. Two of those were our experienced ultra yeah. guys who were really gunning for a fast time because this mm-hmm. is a fast and 50K they got it, course. Yeah. And they nailed it. They were both yeah. around four and a half hours and uh, really moving and recovered well the mm-hmm. last few days. And then Kiri set her goal. I want to go run the first 50K. And yeah. She just sets bigger and bigger goals. She does. I want to do a marathon. I want to do a half Ironman. Yeah. Now she's, an, she's done Ironman. She's training for another Ironman. Mm-hmm. Sets big goals. And she went out there and she'll tell you it, it wasn't easy but she sure made it look yeah easy mm-hmm. she's tough she's, she's a tough, tough one yeah she's tough so um, yeah big it, buffalo 50 is a great great event it is it's if you're looking to do um you know your first 50k or 50 miler it's a good one because it's the crew is there the environment is there and it's the course is relatively i don't want to say easy but you know the first two miles or so we're on pavement flat and then the trails are very 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 manageable and, and doable so yeah yeah a really cool event so now we're in late march late march mm-hmm. coming up on spring 25 percent of the year is gone oh man in the bag <laughs> and you set some big goals this year we had our goal setting podcast a few months ago you can still go back and listen to that mm-hmm. how are you doing here in late march i i'm pretty pleased so far with this year knock on wood that it continues um, I haven't, I would say the past couple of years, haven't really set a goal for myself per se, because I've been helping other people, whether it's coaching my cross country team, whether it's coaching runners, whether it's helping out with the St. Drew group that I lead here at my school, that I just kind of, that's just kind of been my goal is just me being consistent, working with you. And I have like literally, 
have I set a goal besides just being consistent, like an actual number goal? I don't think I've, I've done that in years. That's coming, but no, you've been much more general with your goals. Yes, much more general. And so um, in the new year, I was meeting with you and with our buddy, Laura, and I have been thinking about a goal. And I said it out loud and it was, I wanted to try it. I felt like I was in a good position this year based on some of my workouts that I had done in the fall for you, um, whether it was tempo runs or interval work, that I was in a pretty good position to PR in a lot of distances. And I ran a 5K in January and PR'd by God, like a minute and a half, maybe. Big PR. Big PR. And then I ran a 10K in February and PR'd by over two minutes, I think. Awesome. Um, so I, feel, I don't know. I feel, See, it's kind of weird. It's weird saying it out loud because there's gonna be a lot of people who are listening to this. Cause I literally said it, I think to just you two, uh, maybe one other person. Um, but so far, so good. You're on your way. So we'll see. We'll see what happens from there. And so my goal is to um, PR and again, several distances. And so I think I'm going to pick a four miler maybe here in a couple months and then maybe look at a half marathon. It's still very scary to me to say right. to say it out loud, but to look at a half marathon in the fall um, and kind of keep working towards towards that. And what do you think are the what are the keys to you finishing the first quarter of this year with those two PRs? In your in your pocket, I think actually the last two years of me not too worried about time or too worried about you know setting the big goal of a PR or a distance, but just being consistent like I had never been before um, of just doing the workouts, not worrying about anybody else, just looking at my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Trusting you, trusting the process. Um, and being smart, because I think the first year, a lot of what you just had me do were just building a base, long runs, strength training, working on my hamstrings, stuff like that. And then this last year, you threw in all the hills and all the tempos and all the track workouts, and it just kind of all came together in this past fall. I think part of it, too, in the in the fall, I started working with the varsity cross-country team because the past three years, I... Um, work with a middle school team and I try to keep up with them <laughs> and allow the runs um, and kind of use them as guides to push me a little bit further than I um, probably would have pushed myself. And so I think that that accountability with them was a huge help because I think too, you know, I say for a year and a half, I didn't worry about time. I would just go and run how I felt or run at the pace that you told me. I'm always afraid I'm going to get hurt because that's been a big part of my past is injury. Um, and so in the fall, I was like, you know what? Let's see what I can do with some of these kids. Not the fast kids, <laughs> not my re- really fast kids, but some of the, of the, well, the pack kids that I knew I could, um, I could keep up with. So they helped me push along. So it's a wide variety of, of accountability, whether it's from you or friends or myself or my high school team. That, that helped a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. It, it's, uh, there are no mysteries. Yeah. Right? And I think too, that our, our little group, our can't stop group, um, the past year, I think, has really grown as a as a group in our accountability, um, and just the people who are part of our group, I think, has has really been inspiring to me to watch people like Kirsten and Dana and them do all the stuff that they do. Not that I'll ever be as fast as they are um, running three thirteen marathons, but just watching everybody do the work um, is just it's it's really cool to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, and we saw that. At Big Buffalo, mm-hmm. we had people 
on our team Saturday who run sub three hour marathons and we had some six hour marathoners mm-hmm. and everybody was learning and yes. cheering each other on and inspired. You know, that the fast, fast people are inspired by that yeah. six hour marathoner who's out there doing his best mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. I, I, so that's really great. And the self-awareness and the lessons as a runner mm-hmm. are awesome. All of that that you just said as an athlete, how do you see that helping you become a better coach? I think, well, I guess it depends on who I'm, I'm working with too. I think for, if we're looking at my high school team, I am constantly working on, because we are individuals, you know, we're a team per se, but there are they are individuals of me knowing where they are. You know, if we have a freshman who's coming in and she's really raw or I have a senior who's really ex- experienced of me knowing who to push, how to push them, what workouts to to give them, but not just that, but how to create that environment where we might have somebody who runs a 28-minute 5K and somebody who runs a 21-minute 5K, how to create that environment where they're all pushing each other, cheering for each other, and celebrating the 28-minute people as much as we celebrate the 21-minute people. And so that, I think, has been a big part of, you know, it's just been my first year doing the varsity team, but um, of, of working, constantly working on creating that community of accountability, but also just celebrating the big things, the small things, all the, all the things. Don't you think that accountability coupled with camaraderie oh, yeah. really flourishes? I think accountability without camaraderie mm-hmm. sometimes is not the healthiest. Yeah, because it would situation. be easy for them to show up every afternoon and just do the workout that I give them. Because it is, because cross country is, I mean, it's individual, we're a team, but we're individuals. Um, but it, trying to do a good job of creating, um, yeah, that accountability and com- camaraderie is a really big deal, especially because it's, I team, you know, I coach girls, so, mm-hmm. so many, <laughs> that's important for so them. So many moving pieces there, emotionally, physically, there's a lot to balance. Yeah. And then I think for coaching adults, just often t- times telling them my story, of, you know, this is what I'm doing right now and I'm running really well. But if you had looked at me two years ago, I'm right where you are. And I know you want to go fast right now, but it might take you a while to get there. So just telling them my story and, and so that they can see the process of, you know, I, you know, I was doing this a couple years ago and now look at, I'm getting faster and faster. It's all relative. Fast is relative. So (laughs) you're able to show more empathy, Yeah, but you're also more passionate about the lessons because you've lived them and now they're working that's Mm -hmm. great for sure so what about you coach kevin you had some big goals (laughs) my story so bad now after (laughs) after your great story yeah i as we sat down doing our goal setting at the first of the year and i share those with you was Uh uh to get back into racing shape this summer Mm -hmm. for 5ks and triathlons triathlons Mm -hmm. and was on my way you were and torn meniscus popped up mm. back in january yep. right so you had surgery two weeks ago i had surgery uh, three weeks ago three weeks ago and so there's a setback yep i did everything i could fitness wise that wasn't hurting the mm-hmm. torn meniscus in my knee i did everything i could up until day of surgery so yeah. i went into it as fit as i could be given the circumstances yeah so that i would be able to come back quicker and stronger so yeah. Or come back and get stronger more quickly. Yeah. I've had to 
push my goals out. I'm not abandoning those goals. They're yeah. still there. I still want to be in racing shape in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's just instead of April, it's going to be September, yeah, fall, July, August, September. <laughs> I get I'm just going to push it back a couple months. <laughs> so I'm 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 being a very good patient yeah. in mm-hmm. physical therapy. I've got a an excellent uh, orthopedic surgeon and an excellent physical, physical therapist, therapist yeah. who's given me the path back. It's a very patient baby step path but now i'm back to i'm back on the bike trainer i'm up to a pretty good amount of work Mm -hmm. and i had somebody saturday ask me at the race boy don't you miss being don't you don't you wish you were out here yeah yeah, i was out there in the coaching role and the the cheerleader role which was great i Mm -hmm. enjoy that what i really miss right now is the sweat and getting my heart rate up and working hard because that's what I can't it's getting do. warm outside. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday we had what, 68 degrees and sunny, mm-hmm. and I uh, it was all I could. I yeah, couldn't go out and put on the running shoes and go. But that's okay. Yeah, because I'm going to do this right because I want to be Coach Smart. Holly. I want to be smart and ready in September, yeah. not prolonging this recovery until yeah. September. So yeah, uh, just pushing the goals out, resetting expectations in the short term. Yeah. Uh, but not letting myself off the hook. We're going to sit down and reassess. Mm-hmm. No excuses. It's going to no excuses. Reassess and push things knee, back a little knee bit. Surgery, mm-hmm. and you know, forty years of running, <laughs> never had a knee problem. Never had knee pain. Uh-huh. Knees were not my issue. Yeah. Had all the other things: plantar yeah. fasciitis and Achilles and IT pain. And now, at this point, the meniscus decides to get a little tear in it, which. Yeah. The doctors and the physical therapists say, you know, you do enough things yeah. actively as you get older. Torn meniscus is kind of the thing yeah. to do. <laughs> Yay, me. Well, and it's much easier than an ACL or anything oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like, I, <laughs> yeah. You're going to tear something. You're going to tear your something. Knee. <laughs> That's the one to do and get it fixed yeah. and get on with it. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a great year. Uh, just have to push those goals out a few months and okay. be patient and do all the, all the, all the things that we preach, okay. set the good, just like you set the right example. Yeah. And this will make me even more passionate about all those recovery and mm-hmm. rehab, all those lessons and yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, wow. That's a, that's a big check-in for us. That's a big oh. check-in. I like that. Well, we haven't done this. We haven't really talked about, we don't talk about ourselves too terribly much on here, but um, we'll have to check in again, maybe about three months, kind of see where we are, see see where your rehab is, see if I've done anything else, knock on wood, stay healthy. Well, and this is, you know, this is why we love coaching and talking about running and the podcast because we just started chatting and all the lessons and the things and hopefully our listeners hear and go, oh yeah, I I need to do that or, oh, I don't need to do that. Yeah. Or, uh, there's information and there's learning in there, I hope. So. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. All right. So today's episode is not just us talking. <laughs> well, it is though. It is. That's really <laughs> it, all it is. That's all it is. But not just having a conversation. We're going to do a little Q&A today. We're going to answer a, a few questions. We haven't had that. Our last episode was um, Rachel Randall. Man, we got a lot of good feedback about her and her attitude and her approach to life and running. Um, a lot of positive feedback about about that episode with with her. So um, we're just answer a couple questions today. Do you ready? Ready. All right. It's born ready. All right. Here we go. Uh, the first one is: I spent the winter training for and racing in fifty k trail runs. So I've got the base built. 
I would say so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I have six weeks into a 5K season really ramps up. Right now, I can knock out a 20-mile trail run with no hesitation, but ask me to run a set of 400-meter intervals at 5K pace, and I am terrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be too. How do I make that transition without getting hurt, without blowing up my hamstrings? I, oh, that You know, when you... When speed work season comes back around, oh, it's so intimidating. You get to that point. Oh, yeah. You get to that point in winter training where, mm-hmm. and we love this. We love this position mm-hmm. for a runner. If you spent the winter training for 50Ks and you can go out and knock a 20 miler out like no big deal, mm-hmm. you're going to have a great 5K season. Yes. If you do it right. If you do it right. So, how do you do it right, Coach Kevin? Well, we're always preaching that large endurance base, that aerobic base, the engine that helps us drive the strength and the speed. Mm-hmm. And you're in a perfect position coming off a 50K trail season because we're going to take that big engine and now we're going to transition into training with race-specific efforts and faster workouts and getting your heart rate up a little higher mm-hmm. for a little longer. But you have to be so patient. You, you, you really can't go back and jump right back into yeah. quarter mile repeats or mm-hmm. half mile repeats no. on the track. You need to ease into it and you need to, depending upon your age and your durability, mm-hmm. you need to give yourself four to eight weeks easing back into speed work. Yeah. So if you're six weeks from a 5K season, great. That first 5K of the season is going to be a benchmark anyway. So yeah. we're really not worried about being in peak shape for that one. Yeah. But you know, what's the worst thing somebody can do when it's time to start? The, the sun comes out, it's warm, 5K season's on the horizon, and what's the biggest mistake they make? They just get on the track and run fast. Run fast. Oh, I remember how this yep. feels. And the first one feels okay. Yeah. But then they end up <laughs> broken down and hurt yes. because they did too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The next day's terrible. They call us. My knee hurts. My hamstring hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say what? I would say one of the things I would say is let's get a benchmark, whether it's a little time trial, let's see where you are. So you can run 20 miles at this pace and you're out there and no big deal. Let's have a little um, benchmark, maybe do a one mile or two mile time trial, kind of get an idea of where you are. Yep. And then let's ease back into maybe some fast finishes. Um, what else would you have them do? Yeah. And I, and I think that's a great point. The Another big mistake is. Well, you take your 5K time from last summer. <laughs> And start training. And you at start that. training at that pace. Let's see where you are now, because that time could be different. Yeah, you're 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 a year older. Yep, you, you're a year older. It, you just can't. You, all that is history. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to base your current speed work build on, on current where, yeah, current fitness. fitness. Mm-hmm. So that's where, like Holly said, that one mile or two mile time trial, or go jump in a local five k. Yeah, and see what let's you see get. What happens. We mm-hmm. don't really care what the time is. It is what it is based yeah. on your current fitness. Mm-hmm. Having done no speed work, so let your ego go yes. and just go run or go do a two-mile time trial, which is basically warm up, run two miles as fast as you can and cool yeah. down. And that two-mile time trial, pretty good approximation of your current VO2 yeah. fitness, and you can base your speed work paces off of that number. Yeah. Then you can start working. And I'd say the first month, that speed work needs to be things like hill Hills, repeats. yeah. Uh, Hills and fast finishes, those are the two that I would ease them into just because the the risk of injury is not as high with those types of, of workouts. And the, the, the mental harder. stress. They're harder. The mental stress, your heart rate's up, but you're not. It's it's much 
more it's hard enough yes. as it is mm-hmm. but it's much more manageable than us saying okay first out of the shoot i need you to go to the track do some and 800s do 400s yeah. eight 400s in a minute and 38 oh, seconds gosh. Oh. no no just go run up this hill eight times yeah. at 5k effort mm-hmm. and do it again next week and do it again next week and let your body get used to the mental and physical toll mm-hmm. and i promise you that first one's going to be a struggle oh yeah but when you come back the next week your head is kind of around it and you mm-hmm. understand what it's going to take and it feels it's not easier it just yes mentally you have your head around a little bit yeah. And again, give yourself, we see this over and over, especially in my age group, people get into their late forties and into their fifties and up. We remember back in the spring of our running, (laughs) (laughs) I could come back and tune up for 5k season. Relatively quickly. Yeah. Now I give myself two months, eight to 10 weeks to ease into that speed work. Because you come back too fast and you're set back and you're constantly battling those same injuries over yeah. and over. So take your time, ease mm-hmm. into 5K season, go race. Because 5K season is long. I mean, it could be two or three months in the summer. Oh, yeah. So it, it could be in, in the south where it starts to get warm. Mm-hmm. That's really all we can do is 5K, 10K through September. Yeah. So 5K season can last up until yeah. it's time to build for your fall marathon. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you're, in that mode, if I'm going to wait until I'm ready to start racing 5Ks, you're, ne- you're not going to race for months and months. You never yeah. might not ever be ready. So you just have to, you have to check that ego. Pay the entry fee yeah. and go jump in the first one mm-hmm. with no pressure. Yeah. Just go jump in it, see what you get. Because you need to re- get reacquainted mm-hmm. with the trauma associated with yeah. 5Ks. So that <laughs> you, know, you don't want to wait till you don't want to push your racing season out until your big goal 5K. You want to yeah. ha- have a couple of throwaways yes. in there. A couple of, couple of practice games. Mm-hmm. That's hard for people. That's hard oh, for yeah. people to, to do. Because uh, everybody can see your time. You just got to trust that this is what I'm doing and I will get there. Sometimes I wish that when I'm running or I see people who are flying down the trails, I wish everybody had like a little bubble above their head. Today's an easy day for me. This is just, right. a, this is just a little 5K test for me. So everybody can know. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm coming off knee surgery. I'm coming I'm off knee surgery. <laughs> oh man, there's so many t- how many times I've thought that I'm like, oh, what are they doing over there? Anyways, darn those runners are faster <laughs> than me. I'm 42. I've had a kid. Well, here's a great follow up question. This is from Bobby down in Alabama. Okay, uh, we love Bobby down in Alabama mm-hmm. and his uh, Northwest Alabama running group. Yep. He asks, with 5Ks and 10Ks every weekend during the spring and summer, how much racing is too much? Mm-hmm. Great question. It all depends. It depends. It depends, depends on the runner. It depends on the distance. It depends on a lot of things, yeah. Your goals, mm-hmm. your general health and durability. I say, when people ask me that, let's, from now until end of... 5k season Mm -hmm. when we're ready to start targeting that longer race in the fall let's race as much as your calendar your budget your temperament and your ego can handle so if we race once a month great let's go out and test that each month if you're if you want more than that and you want to race two 5ks per month that's fine too but if you're going to do that we have to adjust we can't do our hard speed work every Tuesday or yeah. Wednesday if you're racing every other week mm-hmm. because that 5K counts as speed work that yeah. week. 
And you can get away with speed work and a 5K in the same week, but you're going to have to have more recovery weeks where you skip speed work and let your body absorb. You know, if you're doing three 5Ks and three speed workouts in a month. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And it will come back to bite you down the road. We need to, okay, that's great. Now let's take a week. We're doing no speed work this week, just an aerobic recovery week. Um, I think race as much as you want, as long as you're doing it smart. Yes. And if you're working with a coach, making sure that you're letting your coach know, this is how I feel. Because, you know, here in Memphis, we're so many, like our, our, our running community is so big and, and great that we have the M-Town series and then we have the road race series that people want to do all of the races. Yep. And by the time they get to, oftentimes in Memphis, our big end goal is St. Jude, they're hurt um, because they've done too much. So yep. just being smart about how much you're racing, how hard you're racing, and making sure that you're in communication with your coach about how you, how you feel. Yeah, and it goes back to our goal setting podcast that we mm-hmm. did. You've got your big goal out there. And let's say, again, for our local crowd, the St. Jude Memphis Marathon is your mm-hmm. big goal. That's seven months away. Great. Now let's let's pick the races that lead us up to that. And like yeah. you said, you can't do the M-Town Series and the whole Memphis Road Race Series. Yeah. Because you're going to be over-raced. You're going to be over-trained. You're going to be burned out. Yeah. So pick and choose those races that fit your goal. Now, mm-hmm. you can do those races, but some of those are just going to have to be training runs. Training runs. Go out and do it. Uh, when we get our runners racing a lot, we'll put a game within the game. Yeah. To take a, so this, they're not all going to be PR races. Mm-hmm. Now, for a new runner who's getting all the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, you might PR all summer. But we might take a five-miler and say, hey, warm up with two miles, run five miles at a half-marathon pace, and then cool down with two miles. That's your long run, and you get a nice half-marathon pace workout in. Yep. And another game within the game on a 5K is to let's play, pick your pace, and see how close you can get to the prediction. Mm -hmm. So picking a number out of the air, first mile, for this runner, I want them, let's say they're a, they can run a 5K in 845 per mile. Mm-hmm. First mile, I want you to run it in nine minutes flat. Yep. Second mile, I want you to run it in 848. Get as close to that number as you can. Yeah. And then fly. Fly the last mile. Catch yeah. as many people as you can catch or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, takes a little of the pressure off. Gives mm-hmm. them something else to concentrate on during the race. Yeah. Rather than all, you can't always be chasing your PR. Yeah. You have to work and learn and. You start comparing all those. Let's say you run 10 5Ks over the summer. Mm-hmm. Every course is different. 2.9, 3. 10 5Ks in the summer. 3.3 <laughs> miles. Yes. So to compare last week's 5K to this week's 5K. Like, yeah, you can't do that. Either. Isn't really fair. Yeah. Last week it was 60 degrees. This week it's 85 degrees. And mm-hmm. the course was a tenth of a mile longer. Yeah. You know, we go to that 5K that measures out 2.9 <laughs> and everybody PRs. Like, <laughs> well, you didn't really PR. You can only compare that course to last year yeah. when you ran the same course. So give yourself a little perspective. Yeah. And... Pick your races based on your goals and make sure that you are durable and recovering and mm-hmm. giving yourself a break. You Got to take care of yourself. Got to take care of yourself, especially as you get older. <laughs> as, I'm, as my back is hurting right now, <laughs> literally. Um, okay. So next question is, I added, because one of the things we talked about and the in this in the in the winter is let's build your base but let's add in some cross training because it's a perfect time to do that so the question is i added in fill in the blank rowing cycling strength training to my winter routine can i keep doing it yes yes <laughs> <Okay>. and done <laughs> question answered yes 
the off season is the time to add that new activity. We wouldn't want to add rowing, cycling, strength training, something in the last six weeks before your goal marathon or half marathon. But Mm -hmm. winter is the time to add that thing, to build that new skill, to get all that free aerobic training, anaerobic training, strength training, flexibility. And now let's say you've been doing it since December or January. You've got Mm -hmm. three months in and it's, you're seeing improvement in strength or flexibility or whatever that thing is. Yes. Keep, keep doing it. You have to now be smarter because let's say we're going into spring 5K season. The focus is now on your anaerobic speed work during the week. If you yeah. do your speed work on, let's say, Wednesday, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that your spin class on Thursday isn't interfering with your recovery from speed work now. So maybe yeah. you spin on Mondays and yeah. Fridays or you use that Thursday spin class as you're not trying to win spin class that day. You're trying to recover from your speed work and absorb yeah. it. You just have to be a little smarter about you can't go hard rowing class on Tuesday, hard speed work on the track on Wednesday, and a hard spin class on Thursday. You're yeah. eventually going to break down mm-hmm. and not get the benefits of doing that cross training or the benefit of your speed work. Yeah. Just got to be smart about it. Got to be smart. And I think you – now let's say you're targeting your 5Ks. If you've got just a – a local 5k this weekend that's not that important to you. you want to go race well but it's not your goal pr 5k yeah yeah go ahead and keep doing your cross training during the week just just be be smart that you're not we we talked about this several episodes ago your cross training is supposed to complement yeah not interfere not interfere or hurt <laughs> or uh, right hurt your running and that's what you want to do you know you're working with us because you want to be a, a runner. We just got to be smart about that. Yeah. I've turned cycling into just a recovery thing for myself that right. I go to the spin classes and don't try to win them because I can't number one, <laughs> <laughs> but I use them just as a recovery, just to spin my legs out after a, a hard run, which I think as I've gotten older has helped out quite a bit. Yeah. And, and while we're on the topic, we want our runners to do something else besides run mm-hmm. those runners out there because of temperament or goals or time crunch all they do is run we have to be very careful they're not getting they're either not getting enough recovery because they're running so much or they're not running enough and getting enough aerobic volume because they can only run four days a week without getting hurt so if you're a three or four day a week runner finding something that fits in two other days a week would be awesome for your running because it's free aerobic strengthening Mm -hmm aerobic training, cardiovascular training, all those things. So yes, find your cross training thing, stick with it and then keep doing it. Yeah. As long as you can. Yeah. It should be a year round thing. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to our next question from Jeff. Okay. How do you adjust any cross training you might be doing during the racing season to continue to develop aerobic capacity and strength while also not going so hard? You cannot race at full speed. Yeah, we that kind of touches on what yeah. we just said. You have to, if you're doing like let's let's take your spin classes, Holly. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that for recovery, sure, get, keep going. Mm-hmm. You, as you get towards your goal race, you really want to PR your five k Saturday. Well, that Thursday or Friday spin class might be even easier, mm-hmm. or you cut it short by fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, let's keep doing it. Yeah. Now let's say you're doing a intense 
spin class or an intense rowing class with lots of anaerobic intervals. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a case. If you're doing your, your running speed work on Tuesday, you can't go do that hard anaerobic cross training workout on Wednesday, or it's going to catch up with you. Do it on Thursday. Because now you're doing your hard run workout on Tuesday, yeah. recovering on Wednesday, and then going and doing your hard spin class on Thursday. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. And what we get from that is when we're younger, more durable, mm-hmm. we can do speed work on Tuesday and a tempo run on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> and then a long run or a race on the weekend. We eventually get to where we can't do that. And the we can't do adults that. I can't do coach, that. <laughs> no, and most can't. Yeah. They think they can. Yeah. But as you get older, you eventually learn you can't go mm-hmm. hard three days a week because your joints can't take it. But you can do your speed work, running speed work on Tuesday. And do a hard Do a hard cycle or yeah. rowing or whatever on Thursday. And now you're back to getting that anaerobic, anaerobic benefit mm-hmm. without the pounding yeah. of trying to force it on the run. So, yeah. yes, keep doing your cross training. Adjust it according to the cycle of your month work with your coach or think like a coach and look at, okay, my goal race is here. I've got hard speed work on Tuesday. I need to take that hard cross training effort and put it either on Thursday or make it an easy workout and come back the next week and use it. So you just have to be smart and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. All right. So we've looked at those three questions. We've talked about those. Is there anything else? So we're again, we're in late March, starting to get closer towards 5K season. Anything else you want to tell people? Anything else that people should be doing right now? You know, one thing that we like to do this time of year is we start to ramp up our running form clinics. Mm -hmm. And I think that's crucial to improving as a runner and becoming more durable and avoiding injury. So locally, we do running clinics, but around the country, there are coaches that do running form clinics. So go look for one and now's the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, six or eight weeks before your goal, half marathon or marathon is not the time to go to a form clinic because it's, it's just too, we don't want to mess with it. We've got some of, our fastest, uh, some of our fastest <laughs> runners need a little bit of form work, yeah. but they might be four weeks from Boston. Mm-hmm. We're not messing with anything. I'll tell you what, I've been working on my form the past week. <laughs> That's why I'm a little bit of pain right now because right. there's a lot of adjustment that's happening because I'm working on my on my form and there's no way that I would be doing this six weeks from Boston no. or a big race that I had in mind. I mean, I'm getting ready for 5K season, but that's not that's neither here nor there. So no. I'm just trying to tune up my form a little bit. And I'm fine right now with you being a little creaky and achy because you're doing this new work because we don't really have a big... Yeah. Your Olympics is not next week, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm never going to have an Olympics. <laughs> You're at Holly's Olympics. Well, Holly's Olympics, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think work on your running posture, work on your running form, and then most of all, learn about your running cadence. And that's going to help you have a better year, better mm-hmm. speed work, better recovery, better easy runs. Yeah, all just going to make it. So, yes, running form clinic, get out there, get it tuned up. If you don't have someone locally that does that, you can go on online on YouTube and look up running form, and there's all kinds of videos on there about cleaning up your running form so that's that's the tip for the day running form clinic all right all right well thanks for listening again episode 13 so make sure that you guys go to itunes hit the subscribe button we're also on spotify and all over social media twitter facebook instagram so you can follow us on there and reach out to us um, on social media and you can also email us at coach and and as always coach kevin what do we say around here We say run smart, train hard, and race fast. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time.